0: Now, here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you for tuning in. Late show today because we had to get my man Taylor Smith, the owner and founder of the Goldleaf Collective in Fort Collins, Colorado on the show. Taylor, thank you for being on. Hey, thanks for having me, Jensen. Uh, good Just to be right here. There, owner, founder of the Gold Leaf Collective, you know? Look at that. <laughs> I know. Technology, man. We are evolving, evolving all the time, bringing more value and the dynamic excitement and functionality of the yes. show. And I'm excited to have you on, testing out a different time now. We'll see. Maybe we're catching people before dinner. Maybe so. Tell people, right now, the Gold Leaf Collective, tell people exactly what that is. What could they expect if they came to the Gold Leaf Collective in Fort Collins, Colorado?
1: They would be at the first 100% vegan restaurant in Northern Colorado. First. Number one.
0: Okay. And for yeah. you, that, that, when you say the vegan restaurant, give us just a real, real quick. Is it fast casual? Is it full service? Kind of what can they expect if they walk through those doors?
1: We're, we're full service. Um, we call it a collective because it's a it's a number of companies operating within it. So we've got a full service restaurant. We've got a food truck, a wholesale donut company, a cheese company, and a catering company, all operating under the same uh, Gold Leaf collective brand. So lots of stuff going on, man. I love it. And... At some point, we were gonna talk
0: about Carrie Ann Seckman who connected us. There she is, hooray, she says. Thank you so much, Carrie. <laughs> that is that is the whole premise Hi, of the Gary. show. Acknowledging others is what we love to do. So Carrie did that. She said, you gotta talk to Taylor. I said, yes, and you're on the show, I don't know, a week later. So I'm expecting the same from you. Carrie set the bar high, acknowledge others throughout. So we know the Gold Key hey, Collective hey. kind of is specifically, we'll talk about kind of the ethos the who, what, where, when, why, and how. Let's start personal. Go, take us back a little bit for
1: you. The hospitality bug, as we call it. Where did that start for you? Yes. Deep breath, and let's get That's into it. That's a deep one, man. I mean, I'm sure it's deep for everybody that gets into this industry. It's such a passion, and it's such a burden. And I love it, and I hate it. Um, you know, I <laughs> I dropped out of high school, man, when I was 15, and the only people that would hire me were kitchens, and it was just this. Fast-paced, um, really intense lifestyle that I loved, and then I got to transition to the front of house and, and feel so good serving people and feeding people. I mean, there's really no better feeling for me. And it, it was out of necessity to survive, and it became the thing that I do best, and it, it's it's my passion that I'll never let go. Um, and, I love and it that now, that was, I, we talk about
0: that you like found your people, the island of totally. Mississippi. The pirates on the Holy. pirate ship, the band of rebels, whatever that is for you, yes. the energy. It was it was very manic, I'm sure for you. And you're like, wow, I'm a, absolutely. I'm some, you know, I, I'm a punk heard, dropout. Like a lot of us have
1: that story. I love it. Totally, man. I heard I heard cuss words that I had never heard before, and <laughs> I, I felt I felt like I was I was finally like getting into the real world. And I mean, I, I've met some of the coolest people, some of the smartest people I've ever met. Um, I mean, back when I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan, and, and one of the places I remember working the best was, was blimpy burger, just this little tiny place, but you, you, you walk. they, for, they were on that, uh, that show diners, drive-ins and dives. And, um, right. and they became famous because yes. the whole, the whole shtick was you walk in, you'd start ordering your food and we would yell at you for not ordering properly. And that's what was encouraged. It was so, it was so awesome. That- um,
0: and that is absolutely perfect. I love that. I knew the name sounded super familiar. Uh, I love places like that. I remember uh Dick's last dick's last resort, Dick's Last Resort, something like uh-huh. that. In, oh, yeah, uh-huh. in San Diego, right? There was Ed the Bevix that was kind of like that. Yes. Uh, recently totally. we talked about uh, Gates Barbecue in Kansas City where the older black uh-huh. ladies just yell at you. And if you're not ready, they skip over
1: you. I love it. That's how it was in Ann Arbor. It was, I she had it. a, it was an older black lady. I remember my first day on the job, man. I wish I could remember her name. She was so awesome. But my first day, she was coming in at four o'clock. I was the 11 o'clock. And so I was on the line trying to cook and I was doing a miserable job. <laughs> and she walks in three fifty-five. She looks at me and she says, get off my line and sent me home. And that was my first day. I'm like, okay, that's it. And uh, and then she went on Welcome to teach me to more than people had taught me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Misfits, rebels, the same. It's, I love it. Yeah. All right. You were hooked. It was instant. It wasn't this
0: summer job thing that then evolved, evolved. It was right away. It was in you, clearly. Give us a couple of other moments that we can kind of give people some background on you. You obviously elevated to being an owner. You went from Michigan to Colorado. Give us maybe a couple touch points that
1: kind of give us the the journey well so i was living in chicago before i moved to colorado and i was working restaurants left and right there and and talk about fast paced and intense i mean there there's a line of 100 people that can do what you're doing probably better than you and it's just it really elevated my work ethic and my game and 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 in 2013 i came out to colorado for the first time i'm sure this happens to everybody that comes here you drive in and you see those mountains and it's like, holy shit, I've arrived. It's I'm home, you know, and I never went back. I came here. I decided I was going to put together a business plan. I raised some money and I opened my food truck, the silver seed in 2014. So we were the first 100 percent plant based anything in Colorado or in northern Colorado, I should say. Um, and I didn't know what I was doing, man. The food was awful. It was legitimately awful. I was a terrible owner chef. I just was. I didn't know what I was doing. But I had this cute little trailer. It had some cool wood accents, and um, and somehow it worked through the first year. Second year we came back because we closed down for the winter, and everybody was asking where the Silver seed go. And next no. year we come back with triple our sales. Same thing the next year. Before I knew it, it was spiraling into something bigger than I could have possibly imagined. And here we are. All right. So the million-dollar question, why a vegan concept? Man, I'll tell you why. <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> Take I another deep breath. get into it.
1: Yeah, D- Dave Bell. Okay, so he was one of the first guys that I ever met when I moved to this town. He owns a company called Mama's Tofu Collective, and that's kind of what inspired me to do a collective mentality too. Um, he, I'm, I met him up at the Mishawaka, first concert I ever went to in Colorado. Mishawaka is – Incredible place to go. You're on the Poudre River. I mean, I just I thought I was in paradise. You know, I meet this guy. He invites me over for dinner, and I got to tell you this too. My business plan was not vegan. I was just going to open like a farm fresh food truck. I had you know farmers lined up left and right to get my 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 supplies from. This dude invites me over, and he shows me what they call the vegan maker. It's a movie called Earthlings, and it's narrated by Joaquin Phoenix. It's two and a half hours of some of the most brutal. It, it's it's insane. It's it's really tough to get through. And if you can make it through two and a half hours of this movie without going vegan, there's nothing in here inside here for you. I'll tell oh. you that right now. So he has me over for dinner. I see that movie with him. We have a vegan dinner, and that night I went home. I completely changed my business plan. I got rid of everything that was plant that was animal based in my house, and I just was I was inspired. Man, I felt like I had found like a, a way to, to have my passion and help a, a, a thing that I care about, which is animals, man. Like I, I grew up fishing. <laughs> I remember my dad laughing at me so much. Cause I'd catch a fish and I'd start crying. Cause I can't even get the, the freaking hook out of his mouth without feeling bad. You know, like I just, it just always, it, I was always a softie there. And, um, and I always felt like cooking it's a way for me to express what I care about. And as soon as this vegan thing happened to me, I knew that it was what I wanted to do. I didn't know if it was going to work. I had so many people tell me it's not going to work. Sure. And here we are seven years later, man. It's one of the biggest food movements in the world. It keeps getting bigger every year. and And I'm just I'm kind of like riding it a little bit, you know. I like what you just said
0: because you took your passion and then you found purpose. And when those exactly. two things intersect is absolutely huge. We talk about passion so much in this industry and sometimes it's a little bit of a crux of the way that we go about things. We're so passionate that we forget up here a little bit. And so when here and here connect and then you're able to speak that truth, that's when you like really have something powerful, something sustainable that isn't just... because. Passions ebb and flow, right? And as well, they should. I'm passionate about a lot of different things. Yet, if we don't have purpose within that, it's really hard to sustain because this industry is absolutely crazy. It is so difficult. If you don't have purpose to keep you going, uh, it's, it's such a grind for sure. All right. So you're in it all the way. Purpose, passion, connected. It's manifesting as a vegan concept. You have the, and I saw pictures of the food truck. Awesome. It's like, perfect. <laughs> and and then you go into brick and mortar. Kind of talk about that transition because, I mean, brick and mortar is tough. Food trucks are tough. Brick and mortar is tough for sure.
1: Why was that an important transition for you? And when did that happen? Well, the goal always was to have a brick and mortar. But I think when I started into my business plan, I realized very quickly that I was going to need a million dollars, and I had 10000 And... I mean, there's just, there's no connecting those dots, especially when you're new in a town. Granted, I got to say Fort Collins, I'm sure you felt this. The community here is so strong and so locally focused and supportive that I wouldn't have been able to, to even open a food truck in any other town the way that it happened. I, we were, we started a Kickstarter and we had $15,000 in that thing. I knew nobody here. I don't know how that happened. And three years later, so I still had $0 for a restaurant and I got a call that 120 West Laurels was, was about to become available. It was the old Roscoe restaurant owned by Hannah and she was ready to move on to her next project. She wanted somebody to come in that was going to have a, a, a heavy focus on plant-based because she's a very spiritual person, um, really amazing person too. If you ever get a chance to talk to her, she's she's incredible. And so I met with her in October of 2016 zero dollars for a restaurant. And I thought, all right, you know what? Let's just go for it. I um, Put a post out for this on the Silver Seeds uh, Instagram and Facebook. And I said, hey, if you love the Silver Seed and you wanna see us have a restaurant, now's your chance. I'm gonna host a, a meeting of the minds, I called it. And I had 25 people show up. That night we raised $5,000. And then the next three months we raised $100,000 for this place. It was crazy. And I, I don't know about you, man, but that's a sign i don't i, I didn't even know if it, if it was time for a restaurant but it felt like it was time because the community said we're we're behind you and it worked it happened um we signed the lease january uh january 7th and we opened the gold leaf um on earth day ironically uh i mean that's, that's no not great. ironic
0: like, at all that is so <laughs> that is so on mission on brand that's exactly It couldn't have been any other day, which is perfect. Two things things that are very important in in that little bit, community, and then practicality from a standpoint of like, is there actually demand in the market? And I think this is an interesting thing. Again, our passions drive us to say, it's me. I must express myself. And sometimes the market tells you your baby is ugly. That just happens (laughs) all the time. All the time it happens. It's happened to me multiple times, but I was so passionate about it. And I'm such a good chef and I'm a smart operator, but nobody wanted it except you, right? And so <laughs> there was a demand in the market and community. And you found both of those things simultaneously. Again, passion and purpose, I think colliding in, in a way is important. So let's let's get practical. Put on your operator hat now. You see that yeah. money going into the system. You see that there's a demand in the market. You have the location, you understand the concept clearly it's now coursing through your veins you go into operation you still I'm sure had some trepidations about it you know you're a smart guy you've been through the industry you've seen it grind up con- good concept and talent after talent so talk about some of those early days how did you navigate that with something so brand new for northern colorado and honestly for it, the market as a whole
1: still today it it was a disaster and there we that go. first yeah, year, right. it, just like my first year in the Silver Sea, absolute disaster. We had, we had a, we had two incredible chefs, Cameron Trezaglo and Daniel Gray, and those two, that first year, were doing some of the most avant-garde, next-level vegan food I've ever seen. But the market wasn't ready for
0: it. avant-garde, next-level food. Full stop. Period. Done. That's it. Right? Yeah. Why not? They Why does it have to be? They vegan? were going vegan. I like that.
1: Those guys, I'm sure, had the yeah, talent for it. They totally did, and they were going up to the mountains and bringing down pounds of foraged food. Like it was a, it was it was a hyper local restaurant that also was vegan. And as cool as that sounds, this ain't Chicago or New York or L.A. And I don't think that Northern Colorado was ready for it. And I think that it it was it was 20 years ahead of its time, and it almost buried us. Um, (laughs) but I got to taste some of the coolest food I've ever tasted and I'll never forget those meals because those dudes were brilliant and they were putting stuff together that I'd never seen before, you know, fast forward to, to September and my food truck breaks down. I lose three coolers in the, in the restaurant, uh, and something else big happened. That was just, you know, tons of money that was needed immediately And I remember I was sitting up in my office when all this was happening. I said, you know what, Michelle? I I was talking to my wife and I said, I'm shutting it down. I called Cameron. I said, send everybody home. It's over. Wow. And um, (laughs) that was one of the hardest phone calls I ever made, actually. Um, So I posted on Facebook. Next day, Cameron and my front of house manager, Brianna Long, beautiful, incredible person. They put together another Kickstarter. And within three days, we had five grand. And then I had a few donations from people that you know were off, offline. We fixed everything. We were open in four days. We closed for four days. Back this open- This is no longer your restaurant.
0: Like this is no, no longer dude. yours, right? No. I and mean, that's what I'm getting from this. This belongs to everybody else now. You as the leader, are just put the burden, massive burden, you, you have to hold the space for all these people to be able to now bring their passion and purpose to play. That's
1: what it sounds like. Jensen, you're so right, because I remember thinking after that phone call and during those four days, I thought I might have an out here. Like I, I was so stressed and it was so hard. I thought this might be my out. And the community was like, no, we ain't done with you yet. <laughs> And so, get your ass back in here. Let's cook. Let's go. Yeah, totally. Yep. So Cameron and I got back to it. We revamped the menu. We really focused on making sure it was more like silver seed, which was bomb ass sandwiches, you know, accessible food that was still plant based. And I think that's what we've discovered in the last few years. That's that's what's been missing um, in, in our market is a, a really awesome menu that people can relate to that just so happens to be vegan. It's not about being vegan it's about holy shit you're telling me i can have a philly cheesesteak that's vegan and it's just as good as a regular one hell yeah i'm all about it yes all right
0: i want to get into this now i want to get into the food side of it so this this part this channel of best served best served hot right we're focused on hot food trends unique cuisine emerging foods and plant-based vegan and multiple iterations therein i think uh, you said 20 years ahead it's it's interweaving in a very unique way. It's still not here yet. It is here. And I know you grapple with that every day. What you just said is important yeah. and also potentially polarizing. I'm interested in this. So <clears throat> it. I want people always to be satiated in a way. And we talk about this. My wife doesn't eat a lot of protein and I'll cook things. She goes, that was really good. And I go, I know that was really good. And she goes, that didn't have any meat in it. I was like, that didn't have any meat in it. Like that dynamic, I really agree with what you're talking about. I think it's super important. You know, one of the biggest thing I tell people is like season. Just use some salt and have it make you salivate. Vegetables can be as unctuous as meat. Trust me, and you know, absolutely. On the flip side, this is something fascinating as well. My wife and I have talked about this. Betsy and I talk about this a lot. There's there's a lot of times an effort within plant based, within vegetarian and vegan, to be The Philly cheesesteak, but not. The chicken wing, but tempeh. And I'm fascinated in that. Do you think that, is that a gateway for you? Is that a struggle because you'll never quite be that good and it it would be better to just not try and compete with the Philly cheesesteak? How do you kind of navigate that?
1: Well, I'll tell you you this. I crave meat every day. It never stops. Because I, I loved my burgers. I loved my Philly cheesesteaks, I loved my pizza. I just loved shit food because it made me feel better about my day. Right. right. And, <laughs> and I miss it. And so my motivation was to make things that made me feel normal again, regardless of whether or not it had these ingredients or those ingredients. I wanted to feel the way that I felt when I ate that Blimpy burger that grease coming down my arms. You know what I'm saying? Stacks of meat and cheese. I mean, I just want it all. And you can achieve that now. 20 years ago, you couldn't. Now you can achieve a lot with plant-based food. You know, it's funny. You were talking about how it's all about the seasoning. And this is something that vegans joke about in their, their vegan circles. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> when, you, when you cook meat or you're cooking whatever, you're seasoning it with vegan ingredients. Salt and pepper, oregano, basil, all that stuff, that shit's vegan, man. Watch out, I like it, preach. (laughs) You're using that shit to season your, I mean, so you know, we can achieve the same flavors and we can achieve the same kind of greasy messiness. That's what I'm looking for, man. I think the, the problem is that a lot of people very closely associate vegan with healthy. I'm not about that lifestyle, man. I'm about vegan because I care about my planet. It's not about me, it's about everything else. Oh, I like, so, all
0: right, let's go further than that. I don't even know how to ask the question. For you, it's like, I'm going to be gluttonous as fuck. I'm going to be a a red-blooded American. The red blood just happens to not be inside of my burger. It's inside my veins, right? Like, I don't know, something like that. So go deeper into that because I think that's fascinating. I think it's too too often we're like, great, what am I going to eat like a rabbit and have some salad and like raw broccoli? I love those things. That's not the way that I'm going to build my diet. That's like an accent within my diet. Yet we're talking about mm-hmm. having that be the foundational, fundamental part of your diet. But you still want to be, you know, at a tailgate watching football like like a man or whatever like that. Yeah. You know, that dynamic yes. is for you. So go
1: into that. I'm I'm fascinated. I'm with you. Let's go. I mean, I, I think, you know, I'll, and I, I got I to gotta shout out to all the fans of the Gold Leaf, and I'm sorry if I'm pissing you off by saying that I, I crave meat every day, but I'm just being real and honest. Like, that's that's the struggle of being vegan, and especially when you believe in it for the reasons that I, I believe in it. Um, but you nailed it right in the head, man. It's, I mean, being a man, I think I probably pissed some people off saying that too, but it really does right. like resonate. Like, yeah, like having a, a fucking burger and fries after a hard day's work, you know, being on the line for 10 hours. I mean, that's all I want. Um, and and it, it is, it is a struggle. Um, it actually, I'll, let me, let me, let me step back. It was a struggle until we redid the menu at the gold leaf and we brought the exact that that same level of food. It's not that our our cheese. And actually, we don't call it a cheese steak because I think I, I've seen a lot of vegan places. They're calling things chicken. They're calling it beef. They're calling it whatever. Right. That I don't, I'm not I don't that doesn't really jive with me because um, it's not chicken and it's not beef. And I, I feel like that's not only misleading, but like, why are you trying to make it seem like it's something that we're, we're avoiding anyway? So we just call it the Philly. And it's called the Seitan Philly, and it's made with locally made seitan from Mama's Tofu. Dave Bell, who, you know, yeah. he's been making that stuff for us for seven years. Best seitan I've ever had. And If you season it right and fry it in a little bit of oil, you would not know that you're eating vegan. You just wouldn't know. I've had people come to the restaurant and say exactly what you just said to me. They, I had a few people even pull me aside and say, hey, we were planning on going to McDonald's after this because we thought we were going to come here and have – tiny little rabbit food bowl and I was going to be hungry after that, but you just rocked my world and filled me up and, and, and we'll be back. You know Um, it's, it's been a hell of a trip, man. Yeah. It's important.
0: I I think the, I think the way that you're talking about is important. I think that it can, it can, again, it can satiate you. It can also just feel comfort food. We talk about that and who knows what that means yet. It's even more important through COVID right now. You're recognizing people are just like, I just need to feel and food makes me feel one way or the other. It makes me feel. And you mentioned that for you personally. And so the food itself has to translate that emotional connection, that feeling. And for you, it doesn't have to be meat. Yet the memories that you have of blimpies and meat are still transcendent to you and they are still achieved through the food that you're creating. So I think that's super important. Let's let's get a little bit granular for operators out there. When people are thinking about menu development. They're thinking about costing. They're thinking about their margins. They're thinking about prime costs, all these things that keep you up at night. I know. And let's talk (laughs) about those. Is it practical? Can you make money on a plant-based focused menu? Fuck yes. And everybody going crazy. My beef price has doubled right now. People are going crazy going, my beef price has doubled. Has your beef price doubled, Taylor?
1: Hell no. Hell no. And let me tell you this too. I, when I was out looking for investors for the restaurant, I had a few people that would turn me down because they said, We think that a vegan restaurant's too niche. And my response to them was actually, a vegan restaurant or a, an allergy conscious restaurant, which is something else we do, 100% of people can eat that restaurant, right? I, it's not niche. If we're not we're not here for vegans. We're here for everybody to tr- to have a first step into the world of what vegan food can be, and that's why our little our little thirteen table restaurant was getting hammered, and we needed to grow. And so, as of January, dude. I signed a seven-year lease at the old IHOP building on South College. We're about to expand to 150 seats, and it's it's massive, dude, and we need it because we were at capacity all the time and, you know, lying out the door, and, you know, it, it's great and everything, but there's only so much you can do with 13 tables. You know how this math works, man. Yeah. There's only so much you can do with each table each hour, and we just – we were – it. we realized very quickly that we needed a restaurant far larger and we got it so it's working it's
0: working (laughs) i i'm such a buyer in everything that that you're saying right now even though i do eat meat and you know we joked about before i do intermittent fasting every single day through covid that's been my thing i'm on every single day we haven't Mm -hmm. missed a day since march 18th and i've only eating from one to 7pm. And I mostly do keto, it's kind of what works for me. But I'm in touch with like my body. And that's something that I think is important. You're just in touch with the way that it makes you feel. And a lot of times we eat certain things because we think it makes us feel a certain way. And then we gloss over the fact that we feel like shit later, and are paying for it, right. And so there's that dynamic, trust your body all the time, inclusive of sometimes like You're gonna eat some things that aren't good for you, and you know that that is emotionally the thing you need, and you just you take the L in the feeling of your body down the road. So I'm into it. I want to this this last little minute an opportunity to talk about your people a little bit more because I'm fascinated. And when somebody walks in the door for the first time to the Gold Leaf Collective and says, "I'm not about that vegan life. It's not me," and clearly you're coming from a completely different place from a brand standpoint from a concept standpoint from a menu standpoint the first touch with the guest you have a very slim opportunity before they think that you're the quintessential vegan restaurant from berkeley i don't know whatever <laughs> are you, how do you get over that as quickly as possible and i'm sure you have staff members people on your team that are so good at navigating people through that trepidation the first moments through the door
1: well, and that's why the, the first year of the Gold Leaf didn't work as well, because we had so many things in the menu that people just did not understand. And I can't expect them to. They're already walking into it. You know how hard it is to get people to walk into a vegan restaurant willingly? The only thing that's going to keep them there is that they see things that they remember or they're familiar with. And so we were, you know, when we had the the Seitan Philly introduced, when we when we brought on the Beyond Burger, when that blew up, Um, you know, we were doing English muffin melts, um, Thai broccoli with tofu. Um, but then we have a couple things in the menu that people had not quite heard of, like a lion's mane mushroom, which we get from Hazel Dell just down the road. That mushroom, really good mushroom from really good producers. Yeah, It's one of the best mushrooms I've ever had. And it's so versatile and you could do so much with it. So we did a lion's po' boy and that was one of our biggest selling items because people just wanted to know. What the fuck was a lion's mane, and it would come out in this big baguette loaded with 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 fried chunks of lion's mane that looked like little chicken nuggets or whatever, yeah. slathered with vegan aioli that you would have no idea was vegan, and you were literally eating a po' boy. Um, and so I think you know, to to your question, it was really important for us that our servers were e- extremely accepting of everybody. You eat meat every single person that comes to the restaurant eats meat we're not there to judge and we're certainly not there to scare people away we're the first step into a new world for them that may even end up helping their health or at least helps them feel like they're doing something for the planet because i don't know about you man but as the world crumbles around me i feel like the only thing i have control over is what i eat and if i can vote with my dollar Every day by eating something that helps the planet and helps me feel better. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. How, how could you not do that, <laughs> uh, Taylor? I know a
0: lot of people watching this now. Uh, Abby Romer just said it. Thanks to Anders for throwing a bunch of comments together too. Uh, Abby, you, you wrote you wrote a novel. I appreciate this. I think we're going to hire you to write a blog post for us. Abby. Yeah. Well you and Taylor connect. <laughs> so a lot of people are headed to fort collins it is so refreshing to hear your perspective the energy that you have like i don't even care what you're serving vegan <laughs> blimpy's burgers whatever you're whatever you're into is fire i can tell because you're just again passion and purpose overlapping so i think it's super important uh any last thoughts you want to leave us with before we kind of let you get on to your day while we all go and get some dinner
1: yeah, Jensen. I just, I just got to give you, your props, man. It's been an, an, an awesome interview. I've done a lot of interviews over the years, and this is one of the few that made me really excited because you're asking the right questions, and I can't wait. I watched a few of your episodes that that you've done in the past, and I like, I even watched you mess up the, the you, you didn't, you didn't mess up my name or my title. Props to you, and, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm the so worst host that, like, ever. I, I, have to get people's <laughs> names right, and that I can't even do that but we have fun you know what i mean i love it you're doing great it. dude you you you're doing great and i think right now you know with everything that's going on i think this is the kind of stuff that like is, is going to carry people you know through we just we need a little positivity everything sucks but not quite everything and i i just i appreciate you for having me on man thanks so yeah, much Taylor, i'm
0: i'm grateful to have you on i like that we got to have a little fun we got to get personal we got to get very meta we got to talk practicality when it comes to like operations i think connecting all those dots is important and it's part of what you're doing with the concept So thank you. Thank you for the energy. I'm fired up. I appreciate it.
1: Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. All
0: right. You have a great night. Thank you so much for being on, Taylor. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure.
1: All right, Jensen. And take care, everybody who's watching. Thanks for being here, (laughs) y'all.
0: Yes. Taylor Smith, fired up. I love the energy. I love that it's coming from so many different... I mean, he's like... He's throwing a lot of punches there. He's coming from a smart place when it comes from brand. It's very personal. Yet it delivers in a way that doesn't feel preachy. You know, it doesn't feel like there's no judgment. I mentioned it very specifically. There's no judgment. We're like, we're here to have fun. We're here to feed you and satiate you. We're here to, I love it. You're seasoning your burger with vegan ingredients. Why not season some vegan ingredients with vegan ingredients and still have them be delicious? Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity in that space. Even places serving meats. I joked about it. It's real. Ground beef prices way, way up. The price of protein on the planet, on your bottom line, they're massive. So the days of 12 ounce this and 16 ounce that, and a little bit of potatoes, the meat and potatoes, to kind of you know balance out your plate, it's not there anymore. The reality is it's getting inverted. The vegetables, even in even in traditional meat-based diets. It's going to become the bigger part of the plate. When you remember the food pyramid from us old guys when we were kids, it's going to be absolutely inverted. You're going to see way more vegetables that are, need to be a part of diets. Grains and proteins will become less and less than the normal diet. And so I'm grateful for the conversation. A lot of energy. Sophie, hop in here. Carrie, one of the things that drew us back to the gold leaf was how inclusive they made it. We brought friends and family and they were not vegan and they loved it. That's it. I mean, that's That's the opportunity because if somebody goes to a vegan restaurant and it's bland, you know, broccoli simmered in tepid, unsalted water, nobody's coming back to that. And then it casts a shadow on all of what vegan and plant-based. For me, plant-based is really a focus. I don't see myself going vegan, yet I see myself going more and more and eating more and more vegetables. You know, I mean, Michael Pollan says, oh, now I completely forgot what he says. Something eat food, important. Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. I think that's what it is. I think it's in a very important way to think about it. So the omnivores dilemma, absolutely. Uh, this was the most fun episode I've had in a long time. A I was like <laughs> laughing so hard in the background. You know, I'm a skeptic when it comes to vegan food. My mom okay. has dragged me to many vegan food places that was not great but he started describing that po' boy and I was like who doesn't want that I could get behind that that sounds good yeah Yeah, I'll try that like I could I could not agree more I think uh simmered in tepid salted water yeah Taylor you know what I'm talking about you know there's plenty of, of vegan places or vegan meals that you've had like put some Oomph into it, people. I think that was super great. Any any last thoughts? That, that ran long because that was too good. Taylor was yeah. on fire. No, nah, it was great. You covered everything. Salt and pepper, guys. It's vegan. Don't forget that. That's it. Mic drop. That's all we got for you, people. Salt and pepper. It's vegan. We're getting t-shirts made, Taylor. They're coming. All right. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for watching the later show tonight. And uh we'll be back on into our noon mountain time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, time slots. And if you recognize the fact that the background is a little bit different than normal, it is because we road tripped out to Iowa where I have some family. It's where my restaurant career started at my uncle's restaurant, Wallabies, when I was just a punk 17-year-old kid as a dishwasher, found my tribe, just like Taylor talked about. I'm going to be out here hanging around with the family a little bit next week, July 6th through July 12th. We're going to be doing all Iowa. I wanted to like focus it. So we're gonna have guests all from the great state of Iowa, somewhere that holds a near and dear place in my heart. Personally, professionally, my wife Betsy, she is Ames, born and raised. She has a cyclone through and through. So we're gonna be coming at you from Iowa. We're gonna have guests that uh, that are doing some cool shit out here, no doubt. So all right, everyone, I appreciate you. Have a great night. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at best served podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.